account is what comes from our Lord telling us how to live. Now, if there's one thing that we understand about law is what is, in capture, is what is encapsulated by this Puritan when he says the law reveals the disease and grace is the physician. In other words, the, when we come to the Sermon on the Mount, we are expecting to hear from the Lord Jesus what an excellent life that follows the Lord looks like. But we must always remember that we enter in by the means of grace. Even as we consider this passage and we consider the, the whole entire scheme of the Sermon on the Mount and all that the Lord says, we must always remember that the Lord is not telling us how to be saved, but rather He is showing us the disease and showing us what excellence looks like. And in many ways, He shows us what He had to be in order to be our Savior. And with that preliminary, just uh, by way of introduction, let us now go into our text and see what the Lord says to us here. Matthew 6, verse 16 to 18. It says, Whenever you fast, do not be sullen like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unrecognizable in order that they may be seen fasting by people. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward in full. But when you are fasting, put olive oil on your head and wash your face, so that you will not be seen by people as fasting, but to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is God's word. When it comes to the Lord Jesus' emphasis uh, in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, he's coming to an end of a particular point, and he's been making a point regarding hypocrisy. He has been talking about hypocrisy from around the end of chapter 5, and now he's kind of landing the plane next week. We'll see when he turns his attention to other problems in our hearts regarding following the Lord. And so he lands the plane on hypocrisy on this subject of fasting. So I, I want to say this, that when we consider this this evening, I'm not going to answer every question we might have on fasting. Certainly, there are many questions that we have on fasting. I want to, in the short 30 minutes time we have, to zone in particularly on the point that the Lord Jesus is making about fasting. I know when we think about fasting, we have many questions. You know, when are we to fast? Are we to fast as a congregation or individual? Uh, individually, uh, what kind of fasts are approved in terms of the mechanics of it? I think that is, we've, we've dealt with that at Bible Hour, and, we can, uh, and I can refer you to that, and we can certainly talk about it again. But tonight... I want, to kind of, I want to zone our attention specifically on what the Lord has to deal with here uh, because he is landing the plane on this subject of hypocrisy. But when it comes to the, the doctrine of fasting in general, I must say this. The scripture seems to be more interested in giving teaching on how to fast and not specific and clear teaching well, it is clear, but not specific teaching on what to fast for and when to fast. When it comes to what to fast for, we are taught by many examples throughout the scripture such that we can make a, a doctrine of this is what we have seen, this is what we fast for, this is when we fast, etc. 
But when it comes to clear didactic teaching, the scripture seems to be particularly interested in what the character or, or, or what heart posture we are to have when we fast. That's what the scripture seems to give us clear instruction on um, uh, in more times than one. We get it here in the Lord's teaching here. We also get it in Isaiah 58. And so when we come to this passage, I want to uh, bring our attention to two points. First of this is this. We must contrast the use of fasting that the hypocrite does with the actual usefulness of fasting. That is, what does the hypocrite, so Jesus begins here by showing us this is what the hypocrite does, this is the, how the hypocrite uses fasting, but this is not actually what we're supposed to be using fasting for. So notice there in verse 16, whenever you fast, do not be sullen like the hypocrites, for they make their faces unrecognizable in order that they may be seen fasting by people. You see the use what is the usefulness to the hypocrite? Is so that he might be seen by people. That's the, that's, the, that, that's the utility of fasting in the mind of a hypocrite. The reason that he fasts is so that he can be seen as fasting. It's kind of a circle, isn't it? I'm fasting so that you can see me fasting. And next time I'm fasting so that you can see me fasting. And that leaves questions as to what is the real usefulness of fasting then? But I want us to note first that a, a, a big problem with the hypocrite's estimation of what fasting is for. The hypocrite considers fasting as a work that commends his spiritual state. He speaks to others as one who fasts, and he believes that fasting is a measure of his holiness. So when he fasts, he's thinking that when fasting is something that commends me, to God, and others will see me fasting and therefore think that I am close to God. He has a bad understanding of what fasting is for. If he does have a correct understanding, he is intentionally manipulating the, the, the purpose of fasting. He's intentionally manipulating it to his own ends. What is it, but what is it that the fasting that God wants? I would encourage you to come with me for a moment just to contrast his use, this is his use. His use is, I want people to see me fasting. But I want you to contrast that with what God says in Isaiah 58 from verse 3. Turn there, uh, we'll come back to our text. But look at what Isaiah 58 verse 3 says. And this, is, and this will tell us what true fasting is. This is the other clear, other than the Lord Jesus' teaching, this is the other clear passage on how uh, we are to fast. Uh, Isaiah 58 and verse 3, this is what the Lord says. This is what the Israelites are saying to the Lord. Why have we fasted and you do not see it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Be and then this is the, uh, the Lord's answer to their accusation. They're saying to him, we have fasted, we have humbled ourselves, but you have not done anything based on our fasting. And then this is what the Lord says in response. Behold, in the day of your fast you seek your own pleasure. We could also translate that phrase, you, do your, you go about your own business and you oppress all your workers. Behold, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. 
such the fast that I choose. A day for a person to humble himself. Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Now hold it right there. See what the Lord is saying there. It is a fallacy to believe that just by being hungry or thirsty for a period of time, you are commended to God. You understand? Just because you made yourself hungry, just because you were in sackcloth and ashes, that your, your clothes were broken, that you were in that state of being on the ground and dirty on your face, that that act commends you to God is a, is a fallacy. Because right here we see it. The Lord is saying, is this, is this the fast that I choose? Is this what I want? That you, just, that you just make yourself look like that? Is that what I'm really after? And no. The answer, obviously, rhetorically there, is no. If being hungry and thirsty in and of itself commended a person to God, then all the poor people who've ever struggled with poverty and hunger, people who've always struggled with hunger, poverty and hunger, will be shooed into heaven, wouldn't they? If that's what it is, if it's just the fact that your stomach, your stomach was growling for a number of hours, that's what makes God happy, then certainly poor people just need to stay poor. In fact, we should be telling everybody, don't work, be hungry, enter into heaven. Right? But that's not, the, the Lord is saying that, no, no, it's just, just being hungry is not the point. So what is the point? Look at verse uh, 6. Is not this the fast that I choose, to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. See, here in Isaiah we see that the life and the manner of fasting is what is important, not just the fact of fasting itself. So when the hypocrite is walking around, showing people, telling people that he is fasting, he is entirely mistaken. Because fasting in and of itself is not the thing that commends us to God, but rather it is the manner and the heart by which one fasts. That's what the Lord, that's what matters to the Lord. And I think in this discussion on hypocrisy by the Lord, we really need to get this point into our hearts. What commends us to God first and last is Jesus' death. That's what commends us to God. This is extremely important. And I could say this in a different way. Let me put this in a different way. What makes me acceptable to God is Jesus' fasting. What makes me acceptable to God is Jesus' praying. It's Jesus' loving. It's Jesus' thoughtfulness, his worship, his baptism, his speech. His righteous life, that's what commends me to God. Adjacent to the heart of hypocrisy is a misplaced trust in the power of visible works. Just because you can see someone acting in a particular way, that does not mean that this person is commendable to God. Rather, what commends me to God is what Jesus achieved, beginning to the end. 
I want to illustrate this point because it's extremely important. Let me say this in, in this way. Think of it as currency. Think of currency, the concept of currency. As a society, we believe that the rand has value. It is legal tender, and its value is maintained by the society, by us. If we all abandoned the rand and chose something else, say, for example, gold exclusively as a means of trade, the value of the rand would dissipate. If everybody just decided rands, are what you have in your account, the actual paper matters not, and we're all just going to use gold as a means of trade, the rand will disappear. Consequently, anyone we see who has a lot of rands, because we consider rand to have value, anyone that we see who has a lot of rands creates in us envy or admiration because this person has a lot of currency of what, what matters in terms of trade. And therefore, the person with a lot of currency can have a big head because I have what you all want. I am the object of your admiration. I have what you want. In the same way, if we all believe that works such as fasting commend you to God, that works such as fasting make you acceptable to God, then consequently when we see someone with a lot of works, we will believe that that person is closer to God. In other words, we will believe as a community that that person has higher currency because they have a lot of works. But that's a false currency. Works are a false currency. They're like the cryptocurrencies that have no end in their crashing. The real currency is the life of Jesus Christ. That's the real currency. What is it that commends a person before God? What is it that we, who are the blessed ones? Who are the ones that we need to be see when we're looking at them? These are the blessed ones. It is anyone whose name is written in heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's the real currency. That's why Jesus said, don't be so excited about these things, but rather be excited that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And so for us, even as a community, we need to think that way. The reason that the hypocrites are doing this, the reason that the hypocrites, of course, in the Lord Jesus' day, are doing this is because that's the currency of the day. The currency is, well, you have to do these works. You have to do all these things. And because they see them as doing all of these things, then that's the currency. And so then they're seen as being closer to God. And so they keep doing it. But rather, what matters more than anything is being known through the blood and life of Jesus Christ. That's real currency. If anybody is in here thinking about what is it that truly matters, what is it that truly... If I'm thinking about, I, I want to be close to God, then really my only boast is not in works. My only boast is in what Jesus did. My only boast is in his life. When he said, baptize me, John, so that we might fulfill all righteousness, that was for me. Because I can't fulfill all righteousness. When he prayed at the right time he's supposed to pray. When he fasted at the right time he's supposed to fast. When he kept the law to a T, he kept it for me. That's the currency. That's what matters. And we must always think of that. Our only boast is in Christ and not in our works. That is not real currency when it comes to being commended 
before God. The other mistake that the hypocrite does is that the hypocrite uses fasting as a means to gain spiritual points for people. So he has a faulty idea of how the fast, what, fa- what the purpose of fasting is. He uses it in the wrong way, that is, to show that he is commendable to God. But the other point of it is that he uses it as a means to gain spiritual points with people. He fasts to be seen. This goes in direct contrast to what fasting is for. Fasting is for prayer. Fasting is a tool to be used to aid us in drawing near to the Lord and to weaken and deal with our own flesh. Fasting is about us and God. The hypocrite makes fasting about us and people. Fasting is about a plea to God for something. The hypocrite makes fasting about his ego, fattening his ego, feeding it like a man feeds his cow that he's going to slaughter at some point in the future. Instead of using fasting as a means to weaken his flesh, the hypocrite actually makes himself worse because he uses fasting to make his flesh stronger. Think about this. Think about this. If fasting is about humbling myself before the Lord, then surely I shouldn't use fasting to make myself proud. See, fasting is about humbling myself before the Lord. The the whole point of fasting is that I go before the Lord saying, Lord, I am empty. I have nothing. I am coming entirely to you. I depend upon you. But look at the hypocrite. He's using that very thing and he's He's making himself more puffed up. As he's walking around, everybody knowing that he's fasting, every, his ego is getting fatter and fatter. Here's another person saying, well, I wish I could be as spiritual as you. Oh, I wish I could be as spiritual as you. Oh, and as people are looking at him and saying that to him, what's happening to his flesh? It's getting stronger. His enemy, the enemy of his spiritual progress is getting stronger instead of getting weaker. He uses it as a means to gain spiritual points in people instead of using it as a means to weaken his flesh and throw himself at the mercy of the Lord. This is an important point, saints. And we can take this principle and apply it across the board. The worst place to be fake is at church among Christians because where will you be helped otherwise? Think about that. If fasting is designed to weaken my flesh such that I I come before the Lord and it is an aid to help me not be distracted by food and other things that I can just focus on praying and, and pleading with the Lord. But now the hypocrite is using that very thing for the opposite, to make himself worse. Isn't that similar to how I can come here and act as if I'm all fine Whereas where the Lord has said, this is where my spiritual disease will be dealt with. If I come here among God's people and not confess the sin that I need to confess and not ask for help in the spiritual malady that I have, but rather speak as an authority who's got everything working right, where am I going to get help? See, Spiritual leprosy is only cleansed by the blood uh, by the Lord Jesus Christ through the means that he has chosen. 
If you choose to not use the means that the Lord has chosen, what means will you use? If you choose to act, to be something you're not, in front of the very people that the Lord has said, these are the people that will help you, where will you be helped? See, you're going to go outside of the church and try and find help. And, and outside is only hammers. So unless you're a nail, unless your problem is a nail, you'll not be helped. Because outside is only hammers. It's only smashing outside. The real grace, the real power to heal and to cleanse and to fix whatever is weak is found in the word of the Lord shared by and spoken by his people as we teach one another and encourage one another and we encourage one another as long as it is called today towards righteousness. So don't be like the hypocrite who takes the thing that he's supposed to use to benefit him and he goes against it because where else will you be helped in that, in, that, in that category? This is a problem in in the hypocrite. The hypocrite does not use fasting. He does not think clearly about fasting, and he does not use fasting for what fasting is for. Okay, now that we've analyzed the hypocrite's use of fasting in contrast to true fasting, now we must analyze and think about the true fast because of verse 17. Look at verse 17 with me of our text. But when you are fasting... Put oil on your head, olive oil on your head in my translation, and wash your face so that you will not be seen by people as fasting, but to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. John Calvin famously states three reasons why we fast, and he says this, A holy and lawful fast has three ends in view. We use it either to mortify and subdue the flesh, that it may not be wanton, or to prepare the better for prayer and holy meditation, or to give evidence of humbling ourselves before God when we would confess our guilt before him. In simple terms, we fast to weaken the flesh, we fast as a preparation or as an aid for prayer, and we fast as, a, as we humble ourselves before God, particularly in confession of sin. When we think about weakening the flesh, we have to think on the categories of spiritual warfare. When we have habits that need rearranging. When we feel that we are being mastered by the flesh, we deprive it. And it, of course, it is in all of these categories, in all of these three things, fasting is inseparable from prayer. It goes together with prayer. But it is, to, it is to weaken the flesh, to strengthen the spirit, to walk by the spirit. And when we feel like we need, our mind needs to be set to true north once again, fasting is a useful tool for that end. But also we use it as, a, as an aid for prayer. When we desire something, there is something we desire from the Lord, and we want to focus on seeking the Lord for it, fasting is a great tool to help in concentration to help in, in, in seeking the Lord, to help us. It's an aid to us because we are so flimsy in our passions. Fasting helps us to focus on the Lord. And thirdly, humility when we have sinned. 
When we throw ourselves before God in confession of, of sin, fasting is a means by which we can maintain a humble heart of prayer before the Lord. I want to humble myself. I, I've done wrong. You think of David and after his son, he's humbling him after he sinned with Uriah the Hittite. He humbles himself before the Lord and he maintains that humility for a time. Of course, he's asking for something else, but he's also, there's a humility there because he has sinned and he, he realizes that he has, he has no business wearing his royal robes after what he has done. It's a humility before the Lord. And all of these uses of fasting generally have nothing, generally, have nothing to do with other people. If we, even if, even if we fast corporately as a church, if we as a church want to fast and we want to pray like this, it's not something for us to publicize. Now imagine, say, we're, we're, we're praying and fasting as a church, and then we, we put posters outside, this church is fasting this week. We let everybody know, you know, I'm from Heritage Baptist, and you know, we're, we're fasting this week, just so you know. No, these things have nothing to do with other people. It's between us and the Lord. We, we are desiring something. We want to weaken our flesh. We are the ones who are feeling like we have sinned, perhaps even corporately, and we want to, we want to hum, humble ourselves, throw ourselves at the feet of the Lord. It has nothing to do with other people. And that's why the Lord says here, wash your face. Put oil on your head. Others must not know. It has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with you drawing near to the Lord. And only in fasting in this way, only in fasting in secret, do we receive blessing from the Lord. If you fast this way, this is what the Lord Jesus says, if you're, when you're fasting and you fast in this way, making sure that you're not seen by others as fasting, but only to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. It's similar to what we read in Isaiah 58. In Isaiah 58, the Lord said, if you just stop this nonsense that you're doing by fasting while you're oppressing people and, and living horrific lives, but if you were to fast in the right way, then he says in verse 8 of Isaiah 58, then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. The Lord will reward true and good fasting that he approves of. Now, there are twin moments of glory in thinking about that whole that concept. And I just want to leave us with those for our meditation this evening. Number one, fasting in secret is to our benefit. Because the Lord says we will be rewarded. Number two, fasting in secret is seen by our Father in heaven. Fasting in secret is to our benefit. I want you to think about this. I want to use myself as an example here of something I did when I was young and still unsaved, but I must just say this, I was not saved, okay? I was not a believer, okay? I, uh, I remember in high school, uh, some friends of our, one friend of ours was, was uh, a brother, a younger brother to our maths teacher. And so one of the other guy said, hey, why don't you, because, I mean, he's your brother. You live with him in the same house. Go get the memorandum. Go get the memorandum for the, for the test and then bring it. 
Uh, and then we'll, we'll know what's coming in the test and then we'll, we'll, we'll have the cheat code and then we'll write the test and then everything will be fine. And he really did. He found it. And he brought it. And to my shame, this was a long time ago. Okay? <laughs> I, was not be- I was not a believer. I did not love the Lord, though I said I did. I did not love the Lord. But to my shame, I participated in that. Um, and then he changed the test. He changed the paper. And <laughs> uh, But... This is a cheat code. This right here is a cheat code in one sense. He says, fast in this way and your Lord will reward you. Now, it doesn't mean that this is saying that the Lord will, will, will answer your prayer exactly as you want it. It's not some kind of manipulating tactic here. But he is saying a promise. If you fast in, if you fast in secret... And of course, you think about Isaiah 58 as well. You're fasting in secret and you are, you are living in a... You, your heart and your mind is in the right place. You are walking with the Lord. You are thinking about the Lord and you are walking in His precepts. Then the Lord will reward that. In what specific way? That is entirely up to Him. But you can trust that these words are true. He will reward it. It is to our benefit. It is of no benefit. That's why the Lord Jesus says this about the hypocrite. They have received their reward in full. The hypocrite, when everybody sees him looking like unrecognizable and looking like that and all mushed up in his face, when people see him, that's his reward. And that's it in full. But if you want a reward that comes from heaven, you fast like this. In secret, while letting righteousness and justice flow like a river. Fasting in secret is to our benefit. Number two, fasting in secret is seen by our Father in heaven. I don't know if you caught that by the end of verse 17. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. See, in the discussion, friends, of true religion, we must remember that we have been called to walk with God and that our actions either please or displease Him In Christ, while he has already commended us by his life, he still encourages us to fast so that we can be seen by him. Now think about the fullness of what is meant by that, being seen by the Lord. What is the hypocrite doing? The hypocrite wants to be seen by the world. But is that a blessed thing? To be seen by the world is to be enslaved. It's to be enslaved to changing standards. It's to be enslaved to people who are enslaved themselves. So you're doubly enslaved because you're enslaving your heart to people who are enslaved themselves. You are enslaved to a never-ending pursuit of relevance. If you're you're living to be seen by people, this is what you're going to have to deal with. You're enslaved to people's opinions who themselves are struggling with their own insecurities and their own issues. They themselves are empty. They themselves are hollow. But listen, to be seen by God in heaven, this is an entirely different game. To be seen by the one who makes us clean and perfect, the one who accepts us by the blood of Christ already. He accepts us by the blood of his son. It's to be seen by the one who knows that we are but dust. It's to be seen by the one who is full of riches 
and desires to share them with us. Who do you want to be seen by? Fasting is a great blessing because if we fast in the way that is approved, we fast in secret, then the Lord says we will be seen by our Father in heaven. And what a great privilege that is to walk with our Father and to be seen by Him. To know that as I am walking, I have, based on the merits of Christ, I have the smile of heaven on me. Isn't that amazing? The smile of heaven is perpetually on me. Why? Because of what Christ did. But as I fast in the right way, in the manner that pleases him, there's a, there's a wonderful thing there that he sees me, he knows me, and he understands where I'm at. I'm not flailing around in the world, but I am seen, I am visible in heaven. And this fasting of mine is not like the pagans fast. Is this fasting of mine is unlike Ramadan. Not fasting to a dead and mute, unliving God. I'm fasting to the true God who sees me. Saints, let me commend approved fasting to you. Do not fast like the hypocrite. And really, do not perform your works of righteousness like the hypocrite. But rather perform them in secret so that your Father in heaven sees you. Amen. Oh Lord, when we think of this concept that you see us, what are we? 